Before we get started on this episode of Badassery Podcast, I'd like to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about the platform that made this all possible, and that's Anchor. So if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And I'm definitely speaking from experience here because more than anything, I am a writing and print gal as opposed to an audio and video gal. So when I was looking for platforms to host my podcast, I turned to Anchor for its ease of use and ability to have all of the tools all in one place. So even if you don't have, let's say, the Adobe software or any other audio software, you can use the creation tools within the program to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So you can be commuting, flying, out of your house, anything, and you can still produce a quality podcast. And Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts on. What's more is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're anything like me and just starting out, you can use a podcast as maybe an additional revenue stream without having to wait for millions of people to listen to it. So all in all, it's everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So to get started, go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up? Welcome back to Badassery Podcast, your go-to podcast for tips and tricks on how to be your most badass self and the everyday people who are doing it. I'm your host, Alexa Phillips. It's been a second since I've talked to you all. It's uh, been another week here. I'm recording again on another Monday. So to kind of recap my last week, I ended up going to spin twice. I ideally wanted to go three times, but I ended up bailing on Friday because I just, I needed that afternoon, you know? You know when you've had a super busy week and all you dream of is Friday night where you can just sit on the couch and binge a Netflix show? That was me. I ended up watching the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana. And if you are a fan of hers, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. It kind of gives you a different sense of who she is as a performer and kind of the inside story behind some of her albums, more specifically Reputation and Lover. So I really enjoyed that. I've been a Swifty for a really long time, I think since something like 2008. So to see they finally made a documentary about her, I was super excited to see it. She's just a wholesome, fun person, and just her story is incredible. She was dealing with like um, a bit of an eating disorder because of how people were reacting to her photographs and things like that. So it's just really interesting. So if you were looking for something to watch on Netflix, I highly recommend that. And then, then I ended up having brunch with my friends who I hadn't seen together in a really long time. I think one of them I hadn't seen since before Christmas. So it was definitely a hot second. I had a new client meeting for my consulting firm, which was super exciting. I'm helping the company out with some brand strategy and some general marketing stuff so that was kind of exciting to get to get my hands dirty with that get some creativity out there so i always feel really good when i do stuff like that because 
it's not writing and I'm kind of a little bit burnt out on writing. I still like it because I'm really good at it, but doing it as much as I do it for work and then for my blog and then for school, it kind of gets to be a little bit overwhelming after a while. So it was kind of nice to put a different lens on and do more of the design and creativity and strategy aspect of it. Then I did get a bunch of stuff done over the weekend too. It was one of those weekends where I just had a running to-do list and just tried to get as much done. I think I got everything but two things done, which I'm really hoping to get done this week. And then of course there was the Super Bowl. I was definitely rooting for the 49ers, mostly because my company has a connection to the 49ers. Our vice president of business development was a former running back for the 49ers and was actually a nominee for the Hall of Fame class of 2020. So I kind of wanted to tribute to him with my choosing. I've actually met him, his name's Roger Craig. He's a really, really awesome guy. Um, such a personable guy, you know, not stuck up at all. Will literally talk with anybody. So I was super bummed to see that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame last year, but according to my dad, and I'm sure every other sports fan out there, if you're listening, you know, it takes years and years to maybe get into the Hall of Fame. So hopefully next year or in the years following, he will end up getting in. But I did hear that Troy Polamalu from the Steelers got in, so I was really happy to hear that. Fun fact for you all, he is Orthodox. And I didn't really learn that until it was one year when the Steelers were playing the Broncos and he was at church Sunday morning. He like popped in to the church that we have in Glendale, so kind of near downtown. So it was just enough for people to see that they saw him, but not enough for him to like stay and talk to anybody. So my dad told me that the other day and it was awesome. So it reminded me of that. But Jimmy G, man, I, what a guy. He, he did his best, I guess, but I was still really bummed. He, there was this one pass where he was throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone, which would have won the game, but he overthrew it and, ugh, and then the Chiefs caught up. But I will have to commend Mahomes and the Chiefs for their performance. They scored three touchdowns in six minutes in the fourth quarter, which is pretty phenomenal if you're a football fan. And he's my age, he's 24 years old. He is the youngest player to go to the Super Bowl and win one and win MVP. So props to him and props to the Chiefs who I guess haven't won a Super Bowl in something like 50 years. So I will say, I will give them that it was well-deserved. And then we have to talk about the halftime show with J-Lo and Shakira. I, I pretty much watch all the halftime shows because they're mostly artists that I listen to, like Coldplay, Maroon 5, Beyonce, just to name some recent ones. But in terms of acoustics, which is always one of the highly judged things of the halftime show, the acoustics on this one were actually pretty good. So you could hear the music really well. You could hear the lyrics. The dancing was awesome. I mean, yeah, you know, their outfits were a little skimpy, especially JLo's. So it was not the best if you had young kids watching. But still, for their age, JLo is 50 and Shakira just turned 43. Freaking spectacular. Um, I really like the part where JLo's 11-year-old daughter, Emmy, came on stage to do a duet with her. And they had the whole 
tribute to the girls and the whole Puerto Rican flag, which was really, really nice. But my coworker actually did point out today that it was kind of a bad objectifying message for girls because of the outfits they were wearing. And I could totally see that, but you can also see it as, you know, kind of just being almost empowered. I kind of see it more as empowerment as opposed to objectifying because these women are like, you know, they're super successful Latino women just killing it. And I think, you know, they deserve to show the world what they're made of. So I really, really, you know, enjoyed the show. It was probably one of the best ones that I have seen in a while. So We'll see if next year's can top it. I know the Super Bowl next year is in Tampa, whereas this year it was in Miami. So we'll just see what happens. We have to talk about the commercials. I always am a huge commercial person. I live tweeted the whole show with kind of my quick and dirty thoughts on the commercials. A couple ones that definitely stood out in my mind. The Google one, pour a drink out for Loretta, man. She, you know, was the star of that commercial. It almost made me burst into tears the way that commercial was written. So well done. The Porsche one was a lot of fun with them, you know, racing, pretending to be the bad guy. I really liked that one. Yeah, and there's a couple others that I really, really liked. The one thing I still don't understand, though, is the whole planters killing Mr. Peanut off. If you follow anything having to do with ads like Adweek, AdAge, or even some of the big newspapers, they talked about how planters killed off, quote, Mr. Peanut, the 104-year-old kind of brand icon of planters. And for me, as a branding professional, I'm just like, I'm confused first and foremost because you can't just kill a brand icon. I feel like they're the hallmark of the brand and kind of what the brand is all about. You had Mr. Peanut with his top hat, cane, and monocle, like super classy, which kind of gave the, you know, association with planters of being kind of a classier nut and kind of, you know, just being more like almost luxurious, I guess. And then you just kill him off. So I don't understand. But then the Super Bowl commercial had Baby Nut, the rebirth, which of course has some very different meanings if you're catching my drift. So I don't know what these ad people are thinking. There's that. I don't know what ad people are thinking in general sometimes. Like I think the average spot for the Super Bowl this year was $5.2 million, I believe. Um, somewhere in that range. But yeah, that's expensive for a 30 second slot. So you better make sure your people are on their A-game because it's reaching the highest number of people in the entire world. So, I don't know. If you follow my blog, Chronicles of a Content Queen, I'm going to be recapping some of my favorite Super Bowl ads and sharing them on Wednesday's blog post. So stay tuned for that. Now moving on to this week. It's currently snowing in Denver right now. It's I think 20 degrees after yesterday was a high of 74. We broke records. To give you an idea, I was at brunch. I was wearing a t-shirt with cropped wide leg pants and sunglasses. So it felt like spring outside. Same thing on Saturday. It was 65 degrees, I believe. And it was just fabulous. Like I wish spring was here already because I just not a fan of the snow, especially when it's 20 degrees and snowing. So yeah, we're supposed to get, I think, three to seven inches. There's definitely already three outside. So, and it's supposed to continue through tonight. So we're probably gonna get closer to six or seven. I'm definitely working from home tomorrow. I'm kind of just, I feel great. I've 
feel really motivated and pumped up. I was listening to my own badassery playlist. Definitely not inspired this podcast, kind of vice versa. I started that playlist when I was in college as kind of just a pick-me-up playlist of, okay, like here's my motivational playlist, something I need to listen to when I'm getting really fired up or feel really down. So I decided to pull that one out again. I hadn't listened to it in years. So I'm just going through my like songs on Spotify, just adding a bunch to the playlist. So I'm excited to kind of get back and listening to that. I also made some soup tonight, which is I never really make soup. I make soup from a can. I made cracked chicken noodle soup. It turned out okay, if I'm going to be completely honest. Like it's good, but it's probably not the best. But soups are definitely something I still need to work on. So it was kind of nice, though, to have something really warm and cozy while it was so cold outside. So that was nice. But I'm mostly excited today because I had a really exciting opportunity come up. And I'm not going to get into too many details because I don't want to A, jinx it and B, get my hopes up. But it's just something super cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, also super nervous because it's something I really, really want. So I'm trying not to keep my hopes up, but still trying to stay confident and stay in this manifest mood. So we'll see if something does happen. You all be, will be some of the first people to know outside of my friends. And friends, if you are listening and you are curious, feel free to text me. So yeah, this week I really just want to hit the ground running and catch up and maybe even get ahead on some things, especially some of this work. I'm leaving for Chicago a week from Thursday for another Greek young adult conference, but I'm flying out a day early. The conference starts on Friday. I'm flying out Thursday because I've never been to Chicago and I'm really excited to kind of explore the city. Like I really want to go to the Sky Tower, the Bean, and the Art Institute. So really just going to get ready for that. But of course, you know, I have to do things like recording a podcast, getting ahead of my schoolwork, getting some business stuff done. So that's kind of what's on my plate. Yeah, I am going to continue my spin workouts. They've been really great. I don't know if my pants were coincidentally loose because they stretched or because I've lost a couple pounds. So fingers crossed it is the latter. So yeah, that's kind of enough about me caught up on my week, what's going on in my life. So now I kind of want to get into our topic for this week, which is how to keep motivated and avoid burnout to help you reach your goals. So it's a huge topic for me because with as many things as I'm doing, I get asked the question a lot of how I stay motivated with as many things as I have. And it's definitely not easy. There's days where... You know, I'm not feeling well, I might have a migraine or or I'm just tired and I just want to sit on my couch all the time and, you know, just relax. It's definitely not easy from that regard. So, you know, you feel the need, you want to burn out quickly, but it's all a game of balance. And that's kind of what I have been working towards is kind of just this game of balance, especially this year, 2020. I really wanted to dedicate some time each week to things. So for example, like my workouts, right now I'm trying three days a week and just kind of trying to stick to those days to get me into the routine of going and to build that habit. I'm then setting aside time each day for different areas of my life. So, you know, my podcast, my blog, my schoolwork, things like that. So I kind of have everything structured as of now. And of course, It'll change, you know, as things come up or next semester when my sc- my school schedule is different. So right now I have Monday as working on the podcast and 
you know, my blog, Chronicles of a Content Queen, and that can be anything from recording a podcast to writing blog posts to sharing things on social. On Tuesday, I'm working on my business, Bright Eyes Creative, devoting some time to that, whether it's working on projects, again, doing emails, writing a blog post, etc. Wednesday, I try to prep for school, which means doing my readings. Thankfully, this semester, it's not super busy when it comes to extra assignments. It's mostly just reading, and then we have one semester project, but it's a group project, so the weight is a little bit off my shoulders when it comes to that. And Thursday, I have class, which usually takes up most of my night. My class starts at 6.30, doesn't end until 9.15, so by the time I go and come back, it pretty much takes up my entire evening after work, so I don't really have anything I'm specifically working on. If I do get anything done, it's going to be during the day. Uh, maybe it's a quick social post or errands or something. Friday, I usually leave free because it's Friday night. I want to chill unless like I really have an itch to do something. Sometimes if I really don't want to watch TV, I'm like, okay, let me like, you know, work on my book or crank out a podcast or read or something. Saturday, I kind of balance everything, so I'll do a little bit of blogging. I really like batch blogging, so I can write all three of my posts and then just schedule them out, because for me, blogging is like second nature. I can pretty much do it blindfolded. I'll work on my business stuff a little bit. I'll work on school if I have anything, or um, that time is just pretty flexible. So for example, this last Saturday, I had a meeting, a client meeting in the morning, and then I ended up just running errands for a good portion of the afternoon. And then I kind of just chilled for the rest of the night because I need some time to relax too. And same thing with Sunday, I kind of do a little bit of everything, but I still have a lot of flexibility for how I move. The same thing goes with tasks. So for me, for example, like I said, working out, I try to do three times a week. Updating my budget, I do every Wednesday because I usually work from home Wednesday. So I'll just update it really quickly in the morning. Errands I try to do on Wednesday or Friday when I work from home just because I like avoiding it over the weekend. So yeah, that's kind of just like how I balance my time. And so far this year has really been helpful because then I'm kind of just in this routine of, okay, here's what I'm doing each week. Here's how I'm going to allocate this time. And of course things change. Like I'm totally expecting things to change, but for the most part, they're pretty steady. And I think it's really been helping me stay on track with what I need to do because I have a schedule and I really like to try to keep to that schedule. But like I said, I also think it's important to leave some wiggle room for things. I don't really like to plan out every second of every day. It's such a pet peeve of mine. You know, I'm not the person to look at my calendar and be like, oh, after everything's scheduled, I have X amount of hours left in the month to work on these things. No, I can't do that. That's way too detail oriented for me. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I have two hours to work on this project. No, this project might take more than two hours or might take less. Like, I don't want to be in a box like that. I kind of just want to let things flow and they'll kind of just prioritize themselves naturally. One of the people I follow, she's like a goal setter planner. I'm not going to name names, but she's totally one of these people who's like, okay, I planned out my month. I have like 26 hours to work on my goals. And I'm just like, why would you want to count that? That's insane. So anyway, I don't want to be like that. I block out maybe chunks of time. And if I don't use all that time, that's fine. For example, tonight, I usually, you know, I skip my workout because of the snow and I just didn't want to deal with going outside. I'm kind of glad I did because it got really bad, but I like sat down. I think it was around six to start like a project I was working on and then I didn't finish until like 
8.25 and then I had to start working on this podcast. And so I didn't plan for some of that, but I'm still getting it done. Like it's fine, but I can't allocate the hours like that. So it's kind of how I approach my time blocking. Um, and of course you can do it however you want. If you want to do set days, set hours, whatever, I just like set days because then I realistically, if I get home at six from a workout, I can work literally from when I get home to when I go to bed or I can work for a shorter amount of time. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling, how my day went, things like that. So the other thing that I use to keep motivated is a checklist. I'm a huge proponent of checklists. I like to make one every day. Well, not really every day. Like when I'm working from home, especially I'll do one because I kind of do a mix of work things and personal tasks, like maybe running errands or cleaning or something. So when I have a huge list for the day, I feel great when I start accomplishing things. And yes, I am the type of person who will just write something on the list just to check it off. And my planner, I use the Erin Condren hourly, and I write a list usually for both my week and then break those tasks into daily tasks to keep me on track. So maybe you know, my weekly tasks are, you know, to pay my tuition, go get my prescription, go grocery shopping, whatever. And then I'll kind of look at my plans and see how I want to allocate those. I haven't put to-dos in my Erin Condren for a while. Like I was using a separate bullet journal notebook. I kind of indicated it in my planner stack blog post on Chronicles of a Content Queen. If you're familiar with the Erin Condren planner, she has, I think, four spaces at the bottom of each hourly slot for just to do's. So I'll just put things in there like, oh, I need to remember to do social media or oh, I need to, you know, record a podcast or oh, I need to write a blog. Things like that helps keep me super on track. And then I'll use some parts of the hourly to kind of just like jot little notes of like, oh, you know, make dinner, you know, go work out, whatever. So that kind of helps keep me motivated. So yeah, I write out both one for my week and then both on the day. And I feel when I cross off all my tasks before going to bed, it's a really good day for me. When I complete a to-do list or complete a lot in a day, I will literally bask in the glory when I lay in my bed and get under the covers for the first time during the day. For me, it's always a good feeling. But of course, like any human, I get busy, I get behind. So sometimes I need to play catch up. Like last semester when I was in school, I was in school Mondays and Thursdays. So my apartment would oftentimes get really messy. I just had clothes all over the place. My dishes were piling up in the sink, things like that. And I can only do so much during the day. Like if I'm getting back from class, it's 10 o'clock. I just want to sit and chill for five minutes and unwind before I go to bed. I don't want to, you know, empty the dishwasher or do the dishes. So then Friday morning when I work from home, I will play catch up. I will clean my clothes. I will do the dishwasher and kind of get my house back in order. So again, I'm not perfect, but that's kind of doing things to keep me on track. Even just tasks like empty dishwasher or make dinner, I will put on my to-do list because then I visually see it and it doesn't just like escape my mind. And I've noticed that I actually will get these tasks done, like emptying the dishwasher is the bane of my existence. But since putting it on my to-do list, I literally get it done pretty quickly, which is awesome. So yeah, January was super, super great for this. I felt like I accomplished so much in terms of like my business stuff, my goals, my task list, everything like that. I'm just keeping on task, which is great. So I hope February is the same thing. I have a handful of things I would like to get done. So I have 26 days left <laughs> to get everything done for the month. So yeah, checklists are definitely a big thing for me to kind of keep motivated. The other thing is having focus. And 
this can be really hard sometimes. Like having suffered from anxiety and very severe anxiety in the past, focus does not come easily. You're oftentimes worried about other things you can't control. You get super jittery. You feel like you have restless leg syndrome because you're just so finicky and twitchy and all that all the time. So I totally get focus is such a hard thing. But to me, without focus, there's really no motivation there. If you can't find the focus, you won't be able to get anything done. So if I start feeling like I'm losing that focus, I will start losing all motivation. My example from Saturday where I came back from running errands and I was like, damn, I'm tired. I need to sit down. So I, the focus for doing any more tasks kind of just went down. So therefore my motivation went down. And then along with that, you kind of need to have just like a distraction free environment too, to kind of just plug in and get the stuff done. And for me, usually it's at my desk, you know, cause it faces the opposite way of the TV. So I'm not tempted to put on YouTube or TV or anything like that. And I'll just like have some music on and just go for that. But I know some of you guys are definitely the type who like to have like mindless noise in the background if it's like TV. And you know, that's fine. Whatever helps you focus. For me, it's music mostly. If I'm at work, I will put on my headphones and just put on a playlist. The music kind of just goes in one ear and out the other. Sometimes the lyrics will catch my eye and then I'll go and like the song on Spotify. Music's kind of a good thing to keep me focused and motivated. Um, I do that, especially when I need to plug in and like get tasks done. But don't let yourself relax for too long or else all your motivation will be gone. For the last like couple years, it's been really bad. I've like gotten home from work and will sit in front of the TV for like hours just relaxing. But now I really need to curve it. So maybe I work out, get home at six and watch like an hour, hour and a half of TV while I eat dinner. That's totally fine. It's kind of a transition for me and just to kind of get my mindset into a different place so I think that's totally fine but if you let yourself relax for too long you won't be able to get up and I've totally been there you know leap on my bed sit on my phone for you know like an hour the time goes by when I'm like oh I need to go take a shower or oh I need to go prep my lunch for tomorrow so yeah, don't let yourself relax for too long, but let yourself relax for some. And the same kind of for me from the gym, if I don't go directly from work, my motivation is gone and drops off very fast. Like if I come home before I go to the gym, it just won't be well because I will want to sit on the couch and will be hard to get up from the couch because you know what they say. The hardest part of working out is getting yourself to the gym. So focus is definitely super important. The next I have is to have a drive. And that is usually, it's kind of more intrinsic, I would say, as opposed to external. Like oftentimes you want to change something, you want to accomplish something, you want to cross some items off your list. So the factor behind that is the drive and ambition. And for me, that's what usually motivates me is that drive. So, you know, especially when there's a deadline and it really puts a fire under my ass to get something done. So I will oftentimes give me the focus if I have that drive. And it kind of gives me a boost of adrenaline to get something done too. Like I'm excited to get something done. I'm really eager to see the output, things like that. And it puts me in a mood to want to be productive. So I don't really know what the mood would be called. Maybe productive mood is a mood. Not really sure. But I just, I feel positive when I'm, you know, working towards something. I feel excited. 
I just want to get it done. Like, you know, and then when I plug in, I really plug in. I get really focused. And sometimes I'll work for like three hours without a break because I'm just so into what I'm doing. Like when I edit these podcasts, it takes me a couple hours to edit everything, but I don't even notice the time going by because I'm, you know, so enthralled by what I'm doing. But there's the drive there. Like I have X amount of hours to get this podcast edited. So I'm just, you know, I want to get it done. So that's kind of the drive factor. And then my bonus is having a playlist. So like I mentioned, I have my badassery playlist and I know of a lot of other influencers who kind of have these motivational playlists, but just create a playlist that'll pump you up and put you in a good mood. It'll help you do your best work. It'll get your mind in the right space. It'll help you kind of feel like a boss, which is exactly what you want when you're feeling motivated. Like my playlist has everything from like g Easy to Demi Lovato to Lizzo. And it's just fun. It's just these songs that just motivate me, make me feel good make me feel like I'm on top of the world. It just gives me the confidence and the self-esteem I need to just do what I need to do. Like I was listening to it tonight when I was working on my exciting project. So I just want to get pumped up and get in the mood and really just feel confident in what I'm doing. And it gives you a whole different attitude on things. You feel so much more empowered. You feel so much more driven and passionate and motivated to get stuff done. So those are all the tips I have when it comes to staying motivated. So now I want to kind of talk about the opposite side of motivation, which is burnout. And those two kind of go hand in hand really easily. You know, I am like you guys, I still face burnout, especially with everything I'm doing. If I don't take breaks for months on end, I feel burnout and then I completely just stop. The last time I felt burnout really, really badly was last April before I went on my big trip to Asia. Like the week or two leading up to it, I was just so busy with so much work. And of course I was in school too and getting ready for this trip and planning. I just felt it. I just hated everything. I needed to get away. I was counting down the hours, that sort of thing. I felt burnout. I felt so much burnout. And then I kind of felt it again, you know, in December leading up to the holidays. Because again, work just got crazy. And I was just like, I need a break. Like, I need these two weeks. Give me these two weeks. So, and it puts you in a whole different mindset when you're burnt out. Like, you feel like you're in such a bad mood. You hate everything. You hate everyone. You take your frustration out, you're in, you know, you're just out in a good space. And, you know, I found to solve that, at least in the short term, is by balancing, like I mentioned earlier. So kind of balance your work with play. And so I'm a huge proponent in work hard, play hard. And I have lived that ever since college. So when I went to college, I knew that the purpose I was there for is to get an education, get my degree. But I, I wanted to have a lot of fun. Like I wanted to meet new people, try new things, go out and experience Fort Collins where I went to school, things like that. So I made that balance a huge part of my college experience because you can study so much, but you go crazy after a while. Just, you know, day in and day out, spending hours on end studying. And I know not everybody kind of agrees with that philosophy, but... It's what keeps me in check. Like it's what balances me out. If I'm having 
a huge week working, I love to, you know, see my friends for dinner on the weekend or something like that. And I need to have that time to relax and like let loose and have my friends because they all keep me sane. Like they give me the energy I need, even though I'm relatively an introverted person, they give me the energy I need to kind of get re-inspired and get re-ambitious because I hear what they do and I'm like, damn, you know, I want to push myself more. So they're awesome for that. But you can't be at work all the time. You can't have all work all the time. Again, it's a philosophy that people will disagree with me on, but I fully support my reasoning. You can't have it. You just, it just makes for a boring life. You know, it's not balanced. You're just focused on one thing, which leads to other things. And it doesn't set you up well for success in the long term. That's my reasoning. But I think having work all the time is what leads to burnout. So I can usually tell is if I'm losing all focus and negative, kind of like I mentioned before. And my best tip for burnout is if you need a break, just take one. You know, if you're a student, don't kill yourself studying hours on end or working without taking days off. I mean, granted, I know a lot of workplaces have limited PTO you can take, but if you are fortunate to have unlimited PTO, take like a day or two, like take a long weekend and just kind of reset, take some days off, you know, maybe you have some stuff to do at home, or maybe you just want to sit on the couch and just sleep. I mean, whatever you want to do, just do it. And I mean, my favorite way to kind of reset is to travel, but I know not everyone can afford to do that, to like leave the state or the country. So instead do a staycation, whether it's going somewhere in your state for like a weekend or getting outside or just doing something mindless, like get out of your current environment and just kind of allow yourself to do something mindless. But when you are in vacation, don't let yourself do any work. You'll just feel more burnt out and you'll feel just more stressed. And I know some people have a really hard time with this, but one thing I ended up adopting from one of my former coworkers was turn off your email notifications, turn off your Slack notifications. That way, you know, the people at work can't bother you. And if your boss really, really needs you, they can text you or call you. But usually if you're doing well at communicating with like your immediate team or parties you work with closely, and of course put your vacation responder on, they will respect you and not bother you. So I think that's super important, but you have to do that for yourself. You can't just be like, oh, well, I'm tempted to look on my work email no, don't look at your work email. You're on vacation, you know? Don't let yourself do any work. But again, it's a discipline thing that you have to settle with yourself. No one can tell you. People can encourage you. But at the end of the day, you're the one who decides if you want to look at your work email or not. Yeah, so that's kind of how you can avoid burnout in the short term. But in the long term, if it's really bad and you're feeling really overstretched, start reevaluating your life and what you're doing. You know, what brings you joy and what do you need to cut? Are you doing volunteer things that are stressing you out? Are you in clubs that are stressing you out? Do you have positions that you can't fulfill? Kind of just take an inventory of your life and just see what you want to focus your time on and what can go on the wayside. If you're worried about what people are going to, oh, like I gave this commitment and I don't want to bail. Like people understand, like you're busy, you have things to commit. But the thing is, just be open and honest with people, don't just ghost them and just never show up again. Just send them an email, call them, 
to say, hey, you know, I have to prioritize other things. I'm no longer able to do X, Y, and Z. And most of the time they'll understand because they appreciate you being honest and coming forth with that. You want to just simplify things and simplify to doing only what you're doing and what's necessary. So you have other things you want to do, like maybe your passion projects or working out or having a social life, whatever it might be. Make sure your life is just filled with what you want to do and what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, it's your health, your mental health that's going to be impacted. And if you're stressing yourself out, it's not going to help anybody. It's just going to hinder you. So just make sure you're crafting your life and doing the things you want to do. And granted, when we're, you know, out of school, we have more flexibility. We can, or we don't have homework or tests or anything that are impacting us, you know, unless we're in grad school. But, you know, you have the flexibility to join activities and volunteer and do all these things. So take advantage of that flexibility and that free will. But you also want to establish these habits when you're young so you don't have a major life reevaluation when you're older and have a family. So it's ideal to set these from the get-go. And like I mentioned earlier, it was really important to me in college to kind of have that school life balance. And so when I got my first post-grad job, it was important for me to have work-life balance. So that meant, you know, turning off my computer, not being on my work computer past a certain time, you know, not replying to things on the weekend unless they're absolutely necessary. Things like that. Once in a while, I'll work, you know, outside of my hours I've given myself, but it's not very often. And, you know, I've made that expectation really clear with the people I work with, like my bosses and the different teams. So then they kind of expect like when to bother me and when not to bother me. That's another piece of advice I have. Like if you're worried about setting these boundaries, talk to your boss and just be like, hey, I won't be replying to things past this time because I'm enjoying my evening, etc. Because if you don't make these expectations and you just start communicating right off the bat at all hours of the day, then they'll expect you to be available all hours of the day. And you don't want that. It won't give you any time to work on anything else. You'll just be a slave to work. And you don't want to do that because work at the end of the day is only a small portion of your life. It's not the relationships you build. It's not the family that you have. It's not the things you pursue. It's just something to help pay the bills. And again, feel free to disagree with me on this, but I personally think that life is greater than your nine to five job. You build these habits from the get go and you know, you'll be so much happier. I'm really glad I did. I've been working at my company for three years now and I feel like I have really, really great work-life balance. So I just want to keep reiterating and encouraging you all to do the same if it's possible. Like I know some jobs don't really allow for that or you have to do a lot of work like outside the office. But if it's one of those things that does bother you, like, hey, I wish I had more of a work-life balance, find a new job. Like not all positions and all things in your field are going to be like that. You can find companies that do value work-life balance and do let you have a vacation and things like that. So again, that just might be something you need to reevaluate in terms of wanting to make your life happier and avoiding that burnout. I mean, I think it's important, especially for burnout and your mental health. Um, I can tap into mental health a little bit. Don't want to get stressed out. You don't want to be anxious because those things can 
you know, shorten your life and they can give you a really poor quality of life. Like if you're constantly worried about the work you have to do or just pleasing people or things like that, it's really going to take a toll on you mentally. So really, you know, take your time and take the steps necessary to kind of fix yourself, not only, you know, in the short term, but for your mental health in the long term. And I mean, for me, it was a lot of it was relationship based, my mental health. It was being friends with the right people who would encourage me instead of hinder me and, you know, just doing the things that wouldn't stress me out and just make me feel better. And granted, I still get anxiety, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Like I get some, you know, especially when it comes to traveling or for like big things like this whole project thing I'm pursuing that I'm excited about. I'm also very anxious because I really just want to see the outcome. And of course I can't control it, which is the big kicker with anxiety is you want to control it, but you can't. Just make sure whatever you're doing, you keep your mental health in mind as well. It's kind of how I deal with burnout. So at the end of the day, we are all the creators of our own life. So it's really up to us how much we're motivated and how much we're controlling our burnout. And no matter how many times you can give your friends or family advice, it's really up to them to decide what they want to do and how they want to live their life. That's all I have for this podcast. I really hope you all enjoyed listening to my tips for how to stay motivated and avoiding burnout in order to help you reach your goals. I'm really looking forward to the rest of this week. I hope you all are too. I hope you all are having a fabulous day so far and we'll have a fabulous rest of the week. And I will talk to you all in my next podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Badassery Podcast on your favorite platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, etc. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all the latest updates and other pieces of content that'll help inspire you throughout the week. So thank you so much again for listening to this episode of Badassery Podcast, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Bye!